give us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community. That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, turn there. If it is true, as many teach, that Jesus Christ became poor at some point sooner than on the cross itself, then we have very difficult questions to answer from the Scriptures. Go with me to one of the most brutalized verses in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and I will make my appeal to the Scriptures and to your logic. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he being rich for your sakes became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. There is no question that Jesus Christ was rich, became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You either believe what the scripture says right there or you don't. I am shocked and horrified by the Christians and pastors who will look me in the face and say, that's not what that verse means, but they can't tell me what it does mean. It says what it says, so we know from this verse Jesus was rich, Jesus became poor for your sake, and then afterward, you're supposed to, by cooperating with what he did for your sake, to become rich. It's what it says, okay? So the popular interpretation of this verse, that is wrong, and I'll give you the evidence why in just a moment. The popular interpretation is that this verse is saying the word poor metaphorically, because the riches of our earth, when compared to what Christ had in heaven as God, would naturally seem like poverty. And while that is true, that I'm sure compared to anything in heaven, everything here seems like rubbish, I'm sure that's true. But that is not, in fact, what this verse is saying. But that is the most popular way of interpreting this passage. They're saying Jesus was rich when he was in heaven and he became poor when he was born so that you through his poverty might only be rich spiritually. I mean, you've got, I mean, this, this verse is butchered. It's not what it's saying at all, but that's what everyone seems to think. It is suggested, though he was rich, is it reference to being in heaven before coming here. Now, it seems reasonable when you first read it, doesn't it? Because it is true, after all, that the riches of heaven compared to the riches of earth would just, it would be pathetic. It's like comparing, you know, a, a fine, wonderful steak to uh, uh, those little wieners in a can. What are those called? Vienna sausages. I mean, I understand. I get it. I get that. But that's, that's really, it can't be what this verse is saying, and I'll explain why. Our first most obvious problem with this interpretation, and remember, the Bible just told you Jesus was rich, he became poor for your sake so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. If this verse is saying Jesus was born poor, then we have all kinds of problems. The first problem is the Song of Mary. The Song of Mary is not describing poverty at all. In fact, the Song of Mary is describing 
abundance and blessing, the very opposite of poverty. So how could Jesus be born poor if Mary was saying very blatantly, she's not poor and Joseph is not poor. And in fact, no one that fears God will remain poor because he exalts those of low degree. And just a fundamental of theology, if God wanted anyone to be poor, he would say it's wrong for you to give to them and help them because you are making them not poor by helping them. So he wants them to be poor. Stop disobeying God by helping poor people. Let them stay poor. It's what God wants. If poverty is so wonderful, I only appeal to reason and logic, to be sensible, to read the scriptures and let them say what they say without perverting them. So the first problem is Mary. Mary doesn't say she's poor. She says the opposite. She said specifically that the birth of Jesus would be the fulfillment and consummation of the promises made to who? Abraham. Was Abraham poor? No. What did Abraham do? Why is Abraham so important? He did two things. He did two things. He took dominion through his property instinct. He was wealthy. He took land on behalf of God. And secondly, he gave birth to nations. His property instinct, his sexual instinct, yeah, he had his troubles, but he finally got it straightened out. And Mary is saying, this is the consummation of the promise given to our father Abraham. This is not a discussion about poverty. So we know Jesus was rich and became poor, but it could not be that he became poor when he was born in Bethlehem. That can't be what it means because it doesn't make any sense with what Mary is saying. What did God promise Abraham? He promised him that through him all the nations would be poor? No, he said all the nations through him would be blessed. Before the Messiah, they would be blessed physically, financially, and spiritually, but by the coming of the Messiah, eternally blessed. So if it is true that 2 Corinthians 8 9 is saying, Christ was rich in heaven but became poor when he came to earth, then we must explain how the consummation and fulfillment of Abraham's promise could be poverty. It's a contradiction. Number two, since we all know that all the scriptures before 2 Corinthians 8, 9 and after, without exception, either directly or indirectly link the concept of earthly poverty to sin, we are unable to reconcile Christ's ability to become poor at the point of his birth and remain in that state all the way to Calvary without ever having committed one. He could not have been poor when he was born. Would God contradict his own warnings to men about what causes poverty by sending Jesus to live in poverty without having done anything to cause it? It's a fair question. I believe it deserves an answer, and the answer is no. Thirdly, to suggest that the word poverty or rich in 2 Corinthians is used metaphorically as a comparison between heavenly riches and earthly riches doesn't make any sense with the context. What is the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 8? I'll answer it for you and I will give you an assignment to go home today and read it. It's not a long chapter. Do you know what 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is? It's a church fundraising letter. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is a church fundraising letter where people who give financially to the church, thereby taking dominion, are referred to as having an extraordinary grace financially. 
And in the midst of a discussion all about supplying the needs of the local church, so much so that Paul goes to the extent of saying that this particular church is so financially blessed and their people are taking dominion so well that they should also consider out of the abundance of this church taking offerings to other local churches and strengthening them too. In the midst of that discussion, the Bible explicitly says the great apostle Paul, Christ was rich, became poor for your sakes, that through his poverty you might become rich. It says it in plain King James English. And my question is, is it true that Jesus became poor in Bethlehem? No, it is not. It could not mean that. Is it true that poverty and rich, those words are metaphorical? No, in the context, they should be taken quite literally. Rich means rich, poor means poor. Jesus was rich, Jesus became poor. It means exactly what it means. It's not poetry. This is a fundraising letter talking about the strength and the blessed grace of God for the local church to take dominion together and have so much abundance in their diligent hard work that they're able to help other local churches in other cities by sending them offerings. What a beautiful story. He is actually encouraging Christians to experience the abundance of God for the sake of the church. Because I want you to take dominion, righteous dominion, and because I want you to understand what God has called you to do, I want you to understand these important things out of the scriptures. If Paul were using this particular letter to teach the local church a lesson on how earthly wealth is nothing in comparison with the treasure of heaven in the context of the whole chapter, then that interpretation of that passage would make sense. But that's not what is being discussed at all. He is actually encouraging Christians to experience the abundance of God for the sake of the church and for the sake of establishing the kingdom of God on this earth that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what the chapter is talking about. Paul is actually teaching the church and us this morning how to cooperate with a special grace that empowers us to become generous with other people sideways and to become great takers of dominion with synergy as a body of believers when we pool our strength together. It's interesting in this chapter, he makes it a point to say that from what we glean, no one in this church was independently rich as an individual. They were not just loaded with obscene amounts of money, and yet they had tapped into grace to become so generous with one another because God doesn't want people to stay poor. He wants to help the poor. And you can't help the poor if you are poor. How are you going to help a homeless man if you're homeless? See, abundance is for helping people sideways. And abundance is for taking ground for the kingdom together on Sunday. We need to take dominion on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 7, he says it this way in verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. You people are leaders in so many ways. You have so much faith, so many good preachers, so much education, so much enthusiasm, and so much love for us. But now I want you to be leaders also in the spirit of cheerful giving. 
This is not a metaphorical context. It's important to know that Jesus became poor. It's also very important to know when he became poor. This common interpretation of 2 Corinthians 8 9, Christ was rich and became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich, is absolutely butchered. It is mishandled almost universally, and it is to our own hurt that we not understand what it is saying. Because let me tell you something, when you see the truth of 2 Corinthians 8 9, it is the chance to be free from the Egyptians. It's your chance to get the shackles busted off your ankle, that you not be enslaved by debt, and that you not be enslaved by lack, that you become the blessing God has called you to be, that you have the ability to help someone who doesn't have the ability to help themselves. And most importantly, that the church take dominion through the synergistic giving of the people. Jesus became poor. It could not have been when he was born. You've seen the story. You know Joseph had to have been a good man. We're forced to admit Joseph was a blessed man because he lived according to the Old Testament law. Even the teachers who claim we have no rights to claim economic blessing in the New Testament admit that such material blessing was promised to those who lived in the Old since Matthew 1.18 states that Joseph, the earthly father of our Lord, was a, quote, just and righteous, end quote, man, we're forced to acknowledge that he must also have been a financially blessed man who enjoyed the promised blessings of his father, Abraham. Christ could not have been born poor. Because all men who lived just and righteous lives during the administration of the Old Covenant were promised financial prosperity, and God does not lie. How else could Joseph have afforded the massive move from Nazareth to Egypt where he had to support his family and protect them and remain there until Herod died? He could not have done it unless he had achieved it through his own skill as a master builder, probably a stonemason. It was the Old Testament law that stated that a man who did not work diligently to provide for his family was, and I quote, worse than an infidel, end quote. Would God then send his only son to be born in the home of a clumsy carpenter who could barely make enough money to put food on the table? Clearly, God did not. We have already seen that the Bible says Joseph was upright, just, and righteous. Jesus could not have been born poor. Not only can we prove Jesus was not born into poverty, we're forced to admit that at least during his childhood, he lived exceedingly and abundantly blessed along with his entire family because we just read that the wise men came with cargo, the cargo of eastern kings, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, enough to supply him through his childhood, through long journeys and back, into safety with an inheritance as an adult. Since we know that Jesus could not have been born into poverty, and he clearly did not live in poverty throughout his early childhood, then when on earth could such financial catastrophe have struck him? At what point did Jesus find himself unable to take dominion anymore, unable to do anything, to function, because he was so poor? If he did, in fact, become poor at some point before the cross of Calvary, when did it happen, how, and why? 
did the treasure run out when he turned 12? And because Joseph was such a bad carpenter, they suffered, he became poor then? Doesn't line up with the scriptures. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 describes Jesus at the age of 12, and it says that he was a growing boy filled with wisdom, becoming strong in spirit and covered by the amazing grace of God. That doesn't sound like the description of a poor boy. Surely no one could demonstrate any part of either the Old or New Testament that says that being a healthy young man in any way resembles the effects of poverty. Does the Bible ever, even once, say that being filled with wisdom will bring you to poverty? How does wisdom make a man poor? The opposite, the scriptures tell us. Finally, we're left to show how God's amazing grace that blankets the life of a man who has no sin at all could bring such a wonderful man to the shame of poverty. When the scriptures say poverty is caused by sin and Christ never sinned. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For Christ, though he be rich, became poor for your sakes, that through his poverty you might become rich. What in the world is that verse talking about? I mean, could it be that he couldn't have been born poor because Mary didn't say she was poor. She said the opposite. Couldn't have been poor when he was two to five years old because the wise men couldn't have been poor when he was 12 because he was filled with wisdom and grace and was thriving and growing so that doesn't make any sense maybe he became poor in his 20s we know that he was his father's apprentice and his dad taught him how to do stonemason work so maybe Jesus was just no good at it maybe that's why he stayed at home didn't get married he couldn't couldn't figure it out couldn't do his dad's trade just wasn't very good at it couldn't make a living you think that's what happened I don't think so None of that makes any sense. Jesus couldn't have been co- become poor in his 20s. Joseph must have been a good builder because he's able to provide well for his family. He was called a just man in Scripture. We would assume he was a really good teacher too. So Jesus must have been good at doing that trade as well. Maybe the bottom fell out of the market. Nobody wanted anything built. That doesn't bear out in history. Could it be that Jesus became poor? This is it. This is it. I'm sure of it. He became poor the day he became a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor for 50 years, and when he died, he lived in a double-wide trailer. Most pastors are very poor because poverty, after all, doesn't matter what the Bible says. Poverty is from God, and we like to keep our pastors poor, don't we? Poor and humble. So surely... Jesus was a part of Western culture, completely detached from all the thinking of the Hebrew Jewish people. And ministers were seen as needing to be poor in that culture. No, they weren't. No, in fact, the very opposite is still true today. In Hebrew culture, it is a disgrace for a man of God to be poor. And oh, by the way, that's where Christianity comes from, is Hebrew culture. So maybe our Western culture is perverted. Could Jesus have been poor while he was a minister? Because I hear a lot of people saying that he was. But I read the Bible. I don't see any mark of poverty anywhere. If it's true Jesus became poor at some point before the cross of Calvary as an adult minister, it's difficult to locate anything with any evidence to say so. We have difficult questions there. I can't find one example to demonstrate Jesus being impoverished. Some people say, well, he chose to be poor. I don't see him choosing that. He made a deliberate decision to abstain from material blessing, they say. I don't see him choosing that. I see him choosing the opposite. 
I'm having a really hard time locating the time that Jesus became poor to set the example for all of you that you should become poor too. And it's just not there. Did Jesus ever refrain from what many in his day and still ours today would call expensive, excessive personal embellishments? Ever? No. No, he accepted them. In fact, Jesus accepted a gift from a woman in John 12 that was so valuable the disciples were offended that he took it. After all, the ointment poured upon his feet could have been sold and given to the poor, they reasoned. On another occasion, in Mark chapter 14, a woman came in and poured expensive perfume all over Jesus' head. Jesus made no apology and blessed the woman that gave it to him. This outraged one disciple in particular, Judas Iscariot, was just furious over this abuse of finances. Of course, it later came out that Judas was the thief. I am always amazed at the people who join the chorus of Judas when they see a man of God blessed. Just to think exactly like Judas Iscariot. Congratulations. What a company to be in. In nearby verses, we read of Judas plotting to kill Christ. A mentality of abundance and dominion still infuriates the Pharaohs and the Herods and the Judases of our days. If Jesus chose to live in poverty, if he became poverty before the cross at any point, surely we would see him wearing rags, clothes that were not worth very much, poorly dressed. Nope. John 19 records that his garments were seamless, and that culture, a seamless garment, was the very most expensive. That would be like a man going out and buying a three, $4,000 suit today. So he wore really nice clothes. <gasps> That's not the Jesus I know. Exactly. You need to get to know him. John 19, 23, Jesus' clothes, he was so famous and it was such a nice garment, they actually gambled to see who got to take the garment home. We get to the 8th chapter of Luke, we discover in verse 3, Jesus had a large number of wealthy women who financially supported his ministry throughout the entire three-and-a-half-year period. It says that of these women in the third verse that they, quote, ministered to Jesus out of their financial substance. So he had a whole group of people that financially took care of him all the time, everywhere he went to preach. If Jesus chose a life of poverty, shouldn't he have shooed them away and said, stop giving so much to my ministry. I need to dress down more. I don't want to wear this really fancy outfit. It's, it's, it, I need to be poor. Shouldn't Jesus have said, don't pour expensive ointment on my head. Give it to the poor. That would please Judas. He didn't do that. Why? Because Jesus was taking dominion. Poor people don't take dominion. John 12, you would think if he was poor, he would have said, I don't want to eat fancy food. Don't feed me fancy food. Give me the Vienna sausages. And every time we see Jesus 
feasting with rich people, eating the very best, sitting in the homes of the best. And in fact, Jesus, not liking poverty, not wanting people to go without food, used his miraculous power to provide them with what must have been the best-tasting heavenly bread and fish anyone's ever eaten. Multiple times he created food for the poor. Could a man that could create basket loads of food be poor? Could a man that paid his taxes by getting gold out of the mouth of a fish be poor? When did Jesus become poor? Because when we isolate that, we know when he became rich. And I'll tell you, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is saying this. Jesus came into the world and he was blessed and he was rich in all the right ways of describing true riches. He was rich in his righteousness. He was rich in purity. He was rich in provision. He was rich and abundantly fulfilled every purpose for which he was created. And you can't get any richer than that. And he was perfect, and he never sinned, and you can't get any richer than that. Jesus Christ was rich here on the earth, taking dominion, asserting himself, redirecting the course of history. When did he become poor then? Because he was rich before he became poor. He became poor on the cross. On the cross, he had never sinned. He took on all your sin. On the cross, poverty is caused by sin. He became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus was not born poor. He didn't live poor. His parents weren't poor. He was blessed all the way to the cross, and he became poor at Calvary. And for anyone to pervert what the Bible is telling us, for anyone to pervert the Christmas story and claim Jesus was born poor, They are doing a disservice because they're taking away his legacy. They're taking away his beautiful example. They're taking away and denying the provision of God through miracles and and unbelievable stunts. They wag their head at the very tales of the Scripture, at the wonders of Jesus Christ for 33 and a half years and call that poverty. That is not poverty. Your definition of poverty is perverted if you say Jesus was in poverty. Jesus became poor only on the cross of Calvary. And he became sin there. He had never been poor, but he became it. He had never sinned, but he became sin. And it all happened at the same time. And if that is true, and if the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is true, and it is, and we are to have any integrity in reading the Scriptures and understanding what they say, you have an obligation, a moral obligation, to be diligent to work hard and to thrive financially so that you can help others who are in need. And the call of Christianity is a call to blessing. The call of Christianity is a call to overcoming evil. The call to Christianity is a call to taking dominion. And only when we get this straight can we take dominion.
This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. God himself blew on his tree so that there would be a light. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. Thank you for tuning in.